Welcome uh, once again. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, assalamu alaikum to all our listeners. Uh, we've uh, we've been trying to keep up with everything that's been going on. And Researching. Well, Fussy's been <laughs> researching, <laughs> and I've just just been trying to keep up. And uh, you know, we've we've had uh, we've had so many things happen since the yeah. last time we did How to Pakistan. So welcome once again to How to Pakistan, and welcome to my 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 friend and my co-host. Mentor. And my mentor. Thank yeah. you. I was. A, I, I see Mentos. <laughs> mentos. But uh, mentor, Fussy Zaka. Fussy, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for doing this. Well, thank you so much. I I promised uh, Musharraf yesterday that this time, they can accept our podcast. It's usually his fault. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but this time, this time, it was genuinely my fault. So well, when we talk about this time, we're talking yeah. about the like the three month interregnum that we're sort of yes. Okay. I mean, I think the first two three weeks you should take. Uh, just because just because I'm Urdu speaking, I don't speak Pashto. Exactly, so. exactly. But I wanted to say quickly is that we put a new song up as the introduction. You got to say a little about this band because he's introduced uh, them to me today. It's a duo. And I absolutely love the music. I love the lyric also. Like, this girl is not Pakistani. He I don't want to be a king. Yeah, every person is a king. It's been two months. No, it's not that they're not Pakistani. It's that they would never be very good judges. They, they would not do very well as a oh, judge. Yes. yes, that's true. They, uh, they lack judgment. <laughs> Musically great. Right. I also wouldn't trust them to secure the nation. Very true. Very and true. I also would never trust them to manage public policy. Yeah. So and they're both very fit girls. They're not Suomoto. Excuse me, what, what what does that mean, fit girls? What, just, what does this mean? Uh, it means that they are, like, totally out there. They're the whole package. Uh, what? They're, they're not you, Wait, they're fit and they're the whole package? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are you saying right now? Ek second, what did you just say? I was trying to say is like, you know, they're really fit and they're not so moto, which, you know, it's just like a so 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 we haven't even we haven't even named the band yet. Yeah. So this is Kruala, which is uh, Jahan Yusuf and Yasmin Yusuf. Right. These two Pakistani girls from the States. Yeah. Um, making some amazing music. Uh, I don't know about their lyrics because I, I heard, in fact, for the first time, I, you know, I, I've heard the song before. Yeah. But I guess I was listening more carefully. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the young lady singing said something really offensive uh, in terms of language. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know how to reverse this. Like on the on on the Mac, I don't know how to delete stuff. Oh, but that I a, can do. D- because I think we'll have to beep something out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll try and fix that tonight. But that's not really the point. The point is, Cruella is awesome. They are really good. I've just heard two, three of their songs, and I have to say, they're really good. You said they had a write up in the Rolling Stone as well. I think so. Yeah. In fact, uh, we'll put it up. We'll put that link up with the. Uh, yeah. So amazing the, stuff. Uh, I have to say. Searching for, you know, what I did like about the 80s and 90s is at least you knew that fundamentally the record labels curated everything, that this is what's good, this is what's bad, this is 
Oh, yeah, he, David David Jeffen told us listen to Guns N' Roses, and, and we were we like, yeah, did. sure, yeah. absolutely, why yeah, not? Those people budget. We were all listening. Now you have to. You're listening to Cruella. I don't know what it is. Nobody else does. So it's great that at least somebody is. Um, good stuff is coming out, and I have to say, I I often say that not enough good music is coming out, but there's tons of it. It's just that it Listen, doesn't get... Forget about good music coming out. Yeah. I'm talking about Pakistani talent that's international, right? Yeah. Kruwala. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. So the band I'd also... Zan Malik. Sure. Awesome. Sure. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. What, what, what just happened? You just made a face as if, you know, army operations have begun in, in your district. <laughs> <laughs> You ungrateful, you ungrateful peoples. No, we're different. You guys are always thinking. Wait, 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 wait. What's you we, guys? We, we well, well, what do you mean, you guys? I should tell that joke. Maybe I've told this joke before. That story I was telling earlier. Oh, yeah. you got to tell that joke. Okay. Wait, anybody who is easily offended. Yes. Please listen carefully. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like what we have to say, send us an email. Send us an the email email address, the email address is chief at justice <laughs> dot, dot com. CaliforniaStreaming.com. <laughs> <dot> <laughs> <dot> <laughs> no, so I was just saying this thing um, where my one of my brother's best friends, and we, me and Mushan were discussing earlier on is that how... It used to be a bit more fun 10, 20 years ago where we all would make fun of... Where, where we were younger and our knees didn't hurt. Uh, our knees didn't hurt. But also that we could... Uh, we were more together in the sense that we could make fun of one another without necessarily having a lot of really real fissures come up and boil over with emotion. And so... And then the one point I was we were trying to make also is that one of the reasons why, let's say, marginalized identities don't necessarily you know, have a very strong movement coming out is because the marginalized don't get together. You just put down the PTM, by the way. Many people. But anyhow, the point was that one of my friends, my brother's friend, and I love the story when my brother told it to me. He's a doctor in the States. Wait, did he tell you the story in Pashto or in Urdu? In Pashto. So here's what we're going to do. Yeah. It's called nation building. Yeah. You're going to tell the story in Pashto first. Okay. And then you'll tell it in English. Okay. So, uh, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Zaman the road, Margare de Aga, Amrike ke doctor de. Or Aga yoru zaman road the which yar zaman yu bal Margare de. Ha. Or Aga chide Ahmedi de. Or Aga yoru zrabo chhe ze us. Ha, Aga Ahmedi. Ah. Ha, Aga Ahmedi. Ha, 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 ha. Or Aga bhi arabo chhe yar ze us stasu jumat ki munz wale lupada. No. Now, now everybody thinks that I understand Pashto, and I do a little bit, but I've heard that one before, and that punchline is a punchline in any language. You tell that story in Greek, and I'll still laugh the same. Now, tell it again in English. So, my friend's brother is a doctor in the States, and he has another friend who's an Emedi. And one day... So that's what I was asking, Pashto. So your friend's brother... Yeah. 
No, your brother's friend yes. is not the Amity. No. It's okay, his good. Friend. Okay, yeah. so he's so your brother is safe because he doesn't have <laughs> Amity friends. <laughs> So, okay, so tell the story. So, so his friend, uh, who's an Emidi, he uh, called him up and he said, dude, I'm going to start praying in your mosque. So my brother's friend said, why, dude, you have your own place. You guys should pray over there as you are doing. He says, no, there are too many Punjabis coming to the mosque. <laughs> 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 and, and so, so why I've always loved this particular story is just that even the marginalized have their own sense of prejudices and the difficulties that you find in sort of coming together with just, you know, the very act that, you know, somebody who's powerless, oppressed, who's been uh, put in, you know, impossible situations. But who's probably had to move countries because they didn't feel safe. Absolutely. And uh, the, the whole point to this... But the, <laughs> but the Amity Mosque on Rodeo Drive <laughs> has too many punches. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But, but, you know, and I don't know. This story always just... Uh, the other thing I think about this story is also that, you know, like... It's also the fact that you can't... T- so these were two really good friends. They could talk this way. And we, we were talking today earlier. Somebody else had come, um, you know... Uh, no, you can say it. There was a hardcore Punjabi type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there was you. There was me. BTM Central. BTM Central. <laughs> and, and, then, so and then there's me. Yeah. I don't know what race I belong to. Because yeah. apparently we're not allowed to be Mahajar. So we have to be Urdu speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a year since <laughs> we put an end to that stuff. <laughs> it's over now. It's over. <laughs> we're, we're done with the Mahajar problem. Mahajar. They've been integrated. Uh, Alhams. And, and you can't say, bye. Uh, Who's that has connotations? Take it, bye. But anyhow, so it's, I think it's just a reflection is that our inability, not necessarily to milk stereotypes or anything like that, but there is... There Wait. Yeah. You, you can milk a stereotype? Uh, tons of humor has been built on this very premise. And you were supposed to say you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 the, but, the, but, the, but the whole point being is that... See why we have to be regular? We have to be regular, right? We, right? Because, you know, that's just inappropriate. It's inappropriate. But... Anyway, I hope people will forgive you. Thought of practice, so jaye and then you know we'll be like much more. We'll be using words like palpable. <laughs> we'll be we'll be sophistications. We'll be sophistications. Uh, but yeah, so that's the scene, and it's interesting. I mean, I'm just telling this one incident is in the background of where you know ethnic one ethnic identity has sort of found its feet once again. You've got in Karachi one which is. Uh, still finding its feet and it's strong but you know it's uh, two three main exponents are all under huge amounts of pressure Tachno mein milegi mea Tachno mein Aap feet dundre identity ke Kamal ho gaya yaar Yeah But um, I just I wish we could get a ruling on this uh, from the court. Whoa, easy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. To, to sort of allow all of a this. little bit, a little bit excited there. Yeah, why why yeah. do we want uh, a ruling on anything right now? Like, आपने देखा नहीं क्या होता है? हाँ. मतलब ruling तो 
so <laughs> that's that's so anyway let's just contextualize so we're trying to catch up what Def Leppard ka gana tha fa 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 fool in ye to mujhe yaad nahi hai nahi hai nahi you're tr- you're trying to drag me out into actually singing that song aren't you uh, of course let me hear it no no, no. <laughs> we're, not play- <laughs> we're not playing that song oh you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna crew all it okay which is my new word for looking for it on looking for it on, online uh, online yeah so I'm saying so just contextualizing everything so what have we had that's significant in the past three four months I think some of the euphoria that we had with a Supreme Court that was holding But so we've had that, so there's some degree that we're seeing that there's um, significant judicial overstretch, uh, you know, it's no longer looking to be, it's actually, it's interesting, like, you know, when you see how the uh, chief justice is now going to hospitals, I don't know what he thinks his mandate is, but in some ways it's like a, a district commissioner on steroids. Uh, one who has significantly, significantly, uh, you know, decided that each and everything. When you look at people that he's calling to the court, suddenly saying that you know, Pakistan Railways is making a loss. But under what assumption? That how is this news now? Whether that the loss that's been curtailed over time is that not significant? But if okay, so so yeah. so so, uh, without prejudice to what, or with or without prejudice yeah. to what the Chief Justice is doing, uh, is. Is there any doubt that public services are in a shambles? Absolutely not. And have we figured out an instrument of engagement in the public space that will deliver better public services? No. So this guy is going around probably doing stuff that is beyond our understanding of what his job is. Or the constitutions. Okay. But do you see why there isn't a public backlash? So, because so there is no public backlash. Yeah, yeah. So At least not not in my. I know that the, you know we just had this discussion yeah. with another friend. I think a lot of Noonies, you know, want us to believe that there's a massive, there's a massive public response to Nawaz Sharif's narrative of being victimized and of the institutions not working within their domains. I just, you know, it's just a simple question: if so I, if a public yeah, service isn't working. Yeah. So I, what, I, how do you fix it? Yeah, so, okay, here. 
So I have two ways that I see this, right? I actually genuinely believe is that when he took out Nawaz Sharif, there was a wave of appreciation in the sense that people thought that Nawaz Sharif was so entrenched in the system that any move against him would ultimately be thwarted by how the bureaucracy or institutions of state have been compromised in a 30-year period of you know ruling and all that. So there was some... I don't see the same particular adulation that I found in the first round of Chaudhary Iftikhar's time. At that time, there was much more cheerleading because people actually thought that this might be the solution, that you just need the court to pay attention. But my question is, look, some of the things beg, uh, I, I think we've seen before during that period of judicial action that it didn't actually solve anything. In fact, a lot of the things that they interfered in has caused a significant loss to the economy. I'm sure it's around eight, nine billion dollars in terms of the projects that were curtailed or ones that have accumulated fines. So whether it's portable power projects, whether it's you know extracting mineral resources and things like that. In this particular round, so what you're saying is like, if he's found a solution or not, just saying clean up Karachi in two weeks, right, is fundamentally impossible, even with a lot of money at hand. Again, when it comes to water issues, when it comes to simple things like hospitals. Let's say we look at KP, right? Recently, he said he asked the chief minister, is how many new schools have you made? Now, that betrays what he thinks is the net outcome that should be coming out, irrespective of what your material resources are. KP itself decided, okay, rather than making new schools, let's find ways to first fix the existing system and then maybe expand on that. Yes or right or wrong is another question. But the question... So you're... you're, you're, No. So if he had asked a question about cognitive skills at middle school level, that would have been better? So, again, if he is looking into, let's say, the articles of the constitutions that define fundamental rights or what the state needs or should be doing. Article 25A. 25A, right? So you tell me, if you, if the, you know, Chief Justice came to you and said, like, in six months, I want every child in school, do you think it's even possible on a logistics level? Well, I, I'm from the, I'm from the nuclear school of thought. Yeah. When we, when this country made a nuclear weapon and then tested it, yeah, there was no reason on the planet for us to to have been able to do that. Yeah. And I think it's a great tribute to Pakistani innovation, ingenuity, and will. Yeah. So when the state really wants to do something, it does it. And I'm so proud that Pakistan is a nuclear weapon state, really. I mean, I think it's come at a significant cost, and I think the people that should be making decisions in this country don't have the courage or the competence to make them, and that creates a vacuum in which other people who shouldn't be making decisions... Uh, who don't have the intellect or the capacity to make those decisions keep making them. So so we can have that debate whenever we want, but as far as is it possible to put every kid in school in Pakistan, if I didn't believe that it was, then I wouldn't have spent the last five years of my life working on you that. You would, absolutely, but I'm asking you putting a six-month time limit on it. I'm saying I'm saying it can be done. In six months? Why, why not? <clears throat> what does it entail? Okay, let's say we look at... Uh, okay... Let's say let me, they, they let spend me, $3 billion in the Punjab on schooling every year, right? Around about $3 billion. Yes, $3 right? billion. Dollars. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so then that more, means more than actually closer to three and a half, but three okay. and a half, fine. Okay. So that would be seven billion, let's say, if that included an almost equivalent number of kids out of school, some of them who are hard to reach. You already have schools that are bursting at the seams, right? Recruitment we've seen takes a long time in Pakistan. There are issues around that. Just in the interest of full disclosure, for those who might not know, my full-time job is with a campaign for education called Alif Elan, and uh, I've been employed by Alif Elan since 2013. So anything I say, you know, about education should people should be aware. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, part of my job. Yeah. Go ahead. And so I'm not... And it's funded, it's funded by uh, the UK government's yeah. Department for International Development. Yeah. Go so ahead. I'm not discounting that it can or cannot be done. I'm just saying is like some of the things that are being said, I wonder that how much of the court's drive is being done on personal preference uh, and whether it's being done on the basis of information. So again... Let's say we just took the Punjab, equal number of kids almost out of school. You have to put $7 billion behind it within six months. You have to recruit the teachers, expand the spaces. And you have to find, like, you know, the, the harder you go into, like, the number of kids who are out of school, some of them are going to be hard to reach and all that. I just don't think it would be able to be done. How many, total, how many total teachers in Pakistan employed by the public sector? Um, I don't know, it's a couple of hundred thousand. It's less than 700,000. It's yeah. 650,000 plus. Yeah. In the last... Five years. Yeah. 125,000 teachers have been added to the payroll. Okay. All of them have been hired through the NTS system. Yeah. All of this has been achieved without the gun of a six-month timeline. Exactly. Without the gun of a six-month timeline, over the last five years, the budget for education in totality has gone from 570-odd billion rupees, 570 billion, to over 900 billion. Right. Right. That's the budgetary yeah. increase. So, so, the number, so, yeah. the number of the number of out of school kids has decreased by yeah. over four million. Yeah. There's been a huge number of things that have happened in the last five years yeah. without the gun yeah. of a six month deadline yes. on the head of the government. Yeah. So why do you believe that the, if there was a gun, and all national power was focused? on achieving this objective, which I believe is a national security objective, a national prosperity objective, and a national fairness objective. Yeah. Why, why, is it so, why is it so unbelievable? In fact, I would go further. I would say, to hell with getting all the kids in school. That yeah. is a low-level bar. Yeah. Because these schools could be crap. Yeah. And I don't want to send kids to crap schools. If yeah. I, I want to send... I want every kid in Pakistan to have at least the quality education that I enjoyed and that my children are enjoying and that your children are going to enjoy and that you enjoy, yeah. Road Scholar. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so my and I'm saying is, yeah. and I'm saying putting in place an infrastructure yeah. that gave confidence to every Pakistani parent that their kid will have a fair shot. Yeah. Not that they'll they'll all be road scholars. Yeah but that they'll have a fair shot yeah. at competing with the sons and daughters of road scholars. Yeah. That is a very... Would you, wh- would you, why, conce- why? you concede that, that you think that can be done in six months? You know, my thing is, because I'm a... The problem with us believers, Fussy, is that, you know, because we believe in miracles, right? Look, I'm not going to uh, start, like, chipping away at your rosy worldview, and I appreciate it. And I think it'll be hard for you to say anything other than this, but the point I'm trying to make is that I also want the same. 
right? But I know you, know you I, do, which is why I'm, I'm surprised that you chose this topic to make controversial. Here's no, what no, I was no, trying I'm to... Not, I'm not making it controversial. Look, the point I'm trying to make right By the way, Nazreen, Fazizah ka sidi se hoga. No, no, the point I'm trying to make here is like, look, the one thing that I've um, seen is that you know, there is a glacial space, there is a capacity issue, there's a number of issues. I also know the state comes into action when it needs to come into action. Some things even the best of states will have difficulty doing, right? This is one of those things. I'm just saying is, the thing that you haven't debated with me is why six months? So, okay, so we can have that debate. Right. And the thing I was trying to get you to, no, to you, debate. Do you understand why I said that, right? No, of course. And let's have that debate. Like, but let why, me pause why, that for one second. Why is the larger question the is, limit? do we accept that there is a collapse and a massive vacuum of governance in this country that allows for malign actors with random, not so random, six-month deadlines? Do you accept that the space for this nonsense... Yeah is a product of really legitimate grievances in the public discourse based on people not getting their fair Absolutely. share. Absolutely. I also but so but we no, can't so we yeah. can you know we you and I are on the same page on, yeah. on the constitution, yeah. on democracy and on institutions largely. Um, even though you're Pashto medium. And so <laughs> <laughs> So um, by the way, this is us trying to lighten the mood around this topic, essentially. So yeah. anyone who's listening and taking offense, please take offense with Fasi Zaka, who tolerates this nonsense. Yeah, uh, from, from Musharraf. From Musharraf. Yes. And anybody who finds anything offensive about Fasi Zaka, you should get some help <laughs> because there's nothing offensive about him. So let's talk about the six months. Yeah. But first, let's accept the baseline. There are legitimate grievances about service delivery that people should have yeah. and do have in this country. And if there are actors willing to take advantage of it, yeah. then my interest is in addressing those those spaces to begin with rather yeah. than attacking the malign actors or uh, potentially malign actors who are yeah. trying to take advantage of that space. So, so okay, so, so now I, I think I, I will, I, I think that's a good point, right? I think that's a very good point. I, I think whereas um, you'd say, okay, there exists a context, a space for which somebody can just show up and say, oh, wait, this can actually be solved in three months and you know all it requires is me to struck my stuff and this will happen. It's interesting. I remember once discussing with someone and they were like, you know, there were these um, a number of cases where women died in childbirth or uh, they give birth in the corridor of a hospital and so there's two three reactions one's the emotional reaction one's um, uh, a much more okay let's see what we can do about this a third one is also let's see where the failures are existing the problem I tend to have is when the first one is presented in lieu of the other two right that the emotional chest beating is actually the solution rather than looking into what could be done or where the problem lays. So when I look at this particular hospital... Do you think problem, that's done on purpose or do you think it's done for a lack of understanding of how things work? I think it's both. Good. I think both okay. are driving I agree. It, right? Yeah. And so... In the it, case of the Chief Justice, could yeah. it be that it's just a it's just an absence of understanding how, how the stuff works? Well, I could make that excuse for a TV anchor 
right? That maybe he doesn't, but you know, like after 40 years of serving in the judiciary where you're overlooking cases and you have a fairly okay understanding of how things are happening, uh, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't make necessarily that excuse. But look at, look at the example of the healthcare system, right? We're short of about 100,000. Why'd you back off the education system? Oh, because I think we agreed that the six-month timeline thing was the issue that I was talking about. No, but I thought you kept raising the six-month timeline issue because you wanted to debate or discuss why six months, why not three, and why not one year or five years. Absolutely. So let's do that. Let's not just abandon that. I mean, okay, I... Okay, we'll come back to that. Okay. Let me just make this better point I have in mind okay. right now. All right. Which, right. Which, which, is, which I'm just saying is like, if you have let's say, a shortage of about 100, 150,000 doctors and you roughly have maybe 100, 110, 20, 30,000 doctors currently, mm-hmm. right? And that means you need 100% more doctors than you currently have. And that over 70 years, if you've got like half what you need, suddenly expecting that you'll have twice in five years is not a realistic expectation. Maybe it's one that you could have in 15 years because it takes time, effort, and resources to train and teach these people. But, but is there, I guess but my very challenge... Quickly, very quickly, yeah. So you've got a shortage of doctors. What do you do? What do other nations do, right? One is you fast-track your production system, but the other is you bring people in. Mm. So you're going to bring them in from India, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, or Iran, right, from your immediate vicinity. Hopefully, hopefully Ukraine, Czechoslovakia, uh, Czech Republic, <laughs> right? But, Bosnia. Yeah. But then look look at how it's interlinked, right? They're not going to send you their doctors. You don't have the relationship for that to happen right now. Oh, by the way, we're tight with Ukraine. Every ambassador, <laughs> every ambassador we've had in Ukraine for the last I don't know how long has been a lieutenant, uh, a retired lieutenant general. Excellent. So but, we're all good. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> I think everyone's mind would have immediately gone to let's look at our neighbors whether they can send us the doctors or not. So it's a more complex question than simply shouting about it because I think the hardest thing to accept right now and that's why I come to the six month thing is I think it would be great if we could solve the out of school children problem in six months but I think a responsible policy making initiative would also acknowledge in terms of what can cannot be done because you also realize that you don't look at just one sector when you look at resource allocation it means there's somebody else whether if it's just printing notes it means it's the cost of inflation it means any number of them I just find these unilateral time things bring this guy in one week if somebody's absconding why that particular time function and then you find that I thought you were hinting at you know these uh, frankly speaking I thought when you were picking on the six month thing I thought you were hinting at something more sinister vis-a-vis you know an extension in the caretaker regime's uh, duration. That, that, that's what I thought you were really okay. Yeah. No, no, I, I because I know people are making that assertion, and I actually, based on everything we're hearing and seeing, yeah, I would be really surprised if the election is delayed beyond sort of August, September. Uh, I, in fact, I constitutionally, as of right now, I, I don't even see September. Um, it would be it would take a special set of circumstances for it to be any time after the 30th of August. Yeah, I actually don't have that argument in mind. My whole argument is that if you're going to look at solving a sector and you're going to pass a series of directives, it's very simple. Like if you've got a car problem, right, and whatever the issue is within, whether it's the radiator, X, Y, Z, and you unilaterally pass a directive that this is how this needs to be solved without assessing what the problem is or what kind of spare parts you have at hand, who the mechanic is and how far you can take it, I think 
there is going to be uh, a little bit of an issue. And that is right now. When I'm being asked, we got to take these directives seriously, I just find it difficult to do so because people who sort of know a little something about these issues, they tend to say, wait, this is nowhere within the realm of it. Like when you call upon the railways and say, this is too much loss you're making, how would you assess whether this is, you'd say, okay, these are five other public services, roughly similar, or these are five public services in countries with a profile similar to yours, and this is the rate of loss they're making. I guess all I'm saying, Fasi, is uh, first of all, on solving any public policy problem, I don't like the role that some of us have settled into in the public discourse, myself and yourself included. I don't like the role of reality and ground truther. Because I think that our reality is shaped by what has already happened and what is happening. Whereas I think given that 60% of the population in this country is below the age of 30 and that that is going to keep increasing until 2045, given our demographic trends, you and I should be helping people imagine a better world faster than anybody else can imagine. You and I should be helping young people conceptualize and clarify the extent of what they are allowed to dream about rather than you and I playing the role of cold shower on those dreams. And, and, and this is this is yeah, a, this is a wider like obviously this is probably deserves its own book maybe yeah. or like a series of podcasts right about how we ended up being like I look back on the last five ten years we've both been engaged in the public discourse for the last decade or so yeah um, you know I started writing the column regularly in two thousand and eight so this summer it'll actually be a full decade I took some time off when I was at the foreign ministry other than that. I've been writing a regular weekly column on Tuesdays for the news every single week for the last decade. Um, and then, of course, we both do a fair bit of television, radio, and now we're doing this great, great podcast. Great not because it's great, great because so many people have, you know, listened to us and tell us that, you know, it helps them clarify and sometimes laugh, and that's all great. But when I look back, I see a lot of both of our engagement with young people about basically us telling them, no, 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 kiddo, that's not how this works. This is how it works. No, kid, don't be an idiot. Imran Khan is the world's oldest teenager or Imran Khan is X or Y or Z. And I don't, I mean, I stand by those positions and, and, and all of, pretty much all of what we've said about, you know, uh, most of these the, guys. Most yeah. of these yeah. guys is, yeah. is probably true, and, and we, would, we would stand by those positions. But when you're 20 years old and you don't have a chance in hell of going to Oxford or a chance in hell of going to Lums, those are, you know, those, yeah. that's where we went to school. And, and, of course, you know, we can get into stories about how, you know, I was on a Qarze Hasna and you were on a scholarship, but that's not really relevant, right? Yeah. Because if you play the, the percentages... That 20-year-old is not going to a decent place to get an education, largely because he spent the first 20 years of his life at a disadvantage, not enough nutrition or the right kind of nutrition at an early age. If, if the kid was born in, 2000, uh, in 1998, 20-year-old uh, today, probably too much screen time or too little or too much of the wrong type 
probably a whole range of limitations, even if it was an English medium expensive school in, in Pakistan, probably a range of challenges vis-a-vis the school, and probably a range of challenges in terms of the public discourse. I mean, these kids have been brought up on Amir Liaqat and Mubashir Luqman. After all of that, for you and I to be the cold showers on their hurry and their anger and their frustration is a role that I think Certainly, obviously, I've been thinking about it, and I think we should all be thinking about it, and I think it's okay for us to have that conversation. So, is it, is it, I, what is the role of the, yeah. quote-unquote, the public intellectual? Right. So I, 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 I disagree with this. I think, and I'll tell you why. I think that, um, I don't think that necessarily we or our ilk are oracles in any way. There are tons of things that we've seen over the past 10 years where we've been absolutely wrong. I do think... I, I, I didn't say we were right all yeah. the time. No, I was no, I, I simply saying our positions on no, no, things I, probably are the same today that they were five years ago and ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what I'm trying to say is that, that when we say about the cold shower, right, one of my greatest concerns is, is that also we have to realize that in a way that when you look at this nation that you've got too many people, you've got a finite set of resources, you've got a number of challenges. Whatever you choose, there will be places where you won't be able to uh, fulfill all your obligations. You're going to have to prioritize and choose in that there are winners and losers, and these are difficult things. The more you're able to discuss them as coldly as you can, I think one of the greatest tragedies perhaps is this need for self-esteem that sometimes come out that you know we got to make sure that people are happy and all that but if you set them up for disappointment it's also a problem now i'll give you an example i think every 20 year older whether here or any other country is going to think of the world in an entirely different way from anybody who's been to exposed to the system or is older our problem is slightly different our problem is that the 60 year older is saying <laughs> Worse than the 20-year-old, right? He's convincing everybody that, dude, it's all hunky-dory if I can just stop these chores from doing this or this person doing that, right? I'm just saying is that the difficulty is, and I, I remember there was... <laughs> right? right? So that's why... I, I, know, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You're, that, that's a subtweet. You're, sub, you're subtweeting the Insafi uncles that are listening. So I just want every Insafi uncle to know. Uncle, and by the way, the, half of them are actually uncles. So, uncle, Fussy... Fasilala did not mean anything by it. Right. He's not attacking you. Your sentiments, even though you live abroad. <laughs> your sentiments are pure and true. And I want you to keep dreaming. Yeah. I mean Don't I, listen to Fasi Zaka. I'll tell you another thing. Is I, I Isn't it cool that we have like senior citizens who still dream in like <laughs> like, like teenage terms I, I sometimes love it you sometimes get these interactions and you're like uh, uh, it's not meant to dissuade people from being optimistic or anything I think it's 
the sign of maturity that you know you can say okay yeah we can be what we were slated to be in the 50s we could still do it but i don't think there's anybody who can legitimately say it's not going to take 15 20 years and that why is and i and that's interesting i think maybe that's another way of phrasing it is this permanent short termery of horizon of change is what prevents some ways in us doing the right thing over the long run sure but i i guess the and, only and thing to balance it one last thing like, like you said like why don't we get people to um dream big and let's say let's bring everyone up and i say absolutely there are ways of doing it we've seen older keynesian methods there's deficit financing all that but then they will bring their own host of associated issues and we just need to then prepare people okay this is what we're going for but it will create problems in these areas then we might have to tighten our belt with this or we'll have to you know be raise taxes raise taxes any number of issues i just find that the uh, assertion of the end without the deciding means. to decide what the means are is a fruitless discussion in some ways it's just like a cheerleading session where everybody goes home and you know lives their lives again feels good for two three weeks and doesn't think about anything I, I guess I couldn't agree with you more. Of course, you know we're 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 conducting an exercise in in a conversation, yeah. and and we're trying to be artful about this conversation. Um, and so, to that end, you know, I think it's an interesting discussion. But of course, that that's true. Everything you said is true. You still haven't really embraced the fo- foundational premise upon which this short termery is built. if 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 we don't have a response to the failures and somebody else has a a a phantom response a made up response a response that is not rooted in reality but is a construct of and and a figment of imagination uh maybe of mischief maybe just imagination yeah. but maybe actually of mischief then then what So so I guess my my issue is I'm not saying we should become competitors in in the in the weaving of false hopes but we should certainly become competitors in the establishment of diagnoses as to what causes these gaps for example in service delivery and when I say this none of my sort of mujikunikala friends have have a, have an answer Oh, absolutely. I agree. I don't deny that. I think that hame kaam nahi karne dete. Yaar tumne tumne kaam kiye? No, no, absolutely. I think there's no question on that. I think I mean and again in there defense are, uh, there are some macro things jahan kaam nahi hona they don't allow stuff to happen. Right, but right? there's a lot of meso and micro things yeah, areas where where there, where there no was acres of space and no no resistance whatsoever. And no hard work whatsoever. I agree absolutely. I think um so I mean I think that's just it. I think that one of the questions is like this sort of particular discussion is also it. Like so we what what did we start off by discussing is that whether it's wrong to go around and just pass an order that will ultimately have no effect whatsoever but it plays well on TV and then all we'll I uh, so all I was trying to do as I wasn't arguing that it's wrong or not of yeah. course it's wrong yeah. but 
it'll keep happening, Fussy. No, no, I. Agree. I mean, I and agree. and I you know, agree. before, yeah. like in '99, it was another. It was a different. It was a different instrument. Yes. Right. And now there's a different instrument. Yeah. Uh, th- that's me going really far, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe for a lot of people too far. Yeah. But I'm saying the instrument is changing. Yeah. But the 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 vacuum is exactly the same. Yeah. There is a fundamental absence of the ability of people like you and I to actually fight back harder because the just the, the content just isn't there. Yeah. There's some content there. I mean, I always say on infrastructure, I mean, like guns yeah, and roses, I'm, right? I'm also like, going to interrupt. Maybe one of the things that I remember reading a piece of yours, which I really liked. I forget. It was who won out. It was Iqbal or somebody else you contrasted him with. The idea of your piece was that the emotional appeal has won each and every time, mm-hmm. right? And therefore, serious people need to consider that yeah. when they frame cold showers, right? Yeah. That a cold shower without without at least a pat on the back yeah. is really, really damaging because yeah. it actually, its credibility is undermined by the absence yeah. of that warmth. And, and I don't deny that because I see that, you know, you have good policy decisions potentially and just because they're f- packaged poorly or mm-hmm. they're framed poorly, uh, they don't win. Like, I forget... It was uh, something in the U.S. where there was a particular health, which was the death committee or something. They yep. described it, right? Death and panels. Death panels. Yep. And, and that was, was that was to do with euthanasia. Yes. Right. And and that's uh, pulling the plug yeah. on on senior citizens that are on life support. Yeah. But it was just like one component to a much larger, exactly. which. Uh, but but the opponents of it were were genius, right? Yeah. They did the exact same thing that the chief justice and his supporters are doing right yeah. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one thing that I do see, okay, so what's the absence of this? I think, you know, when Chaudhary Iftikhar first came round, and I have to say this, like, I think uh, I've been taken up for a ride once properly in my life, and that was by Chaudhary Iftikhar, right? Musharraf, not in the case of Musharraf? No, no, I didn't buy into Musharraf. Does anyone actually openly admit having bought into Musharraf other than me? Like I seriously, I I feel because I know because I know there was a lot more people back then, like people that I know, and now and now everyone's a Democrat, and I'm saying yeah, I'm a Democrat, but in 1999, you know, I may still have been a Democrat in my head, but I I didn't I wasn't against Musharraf. I, I I saw the reasoning, and it made sense to me. Oh, I I in 1999. Uh, I really despised Nawaz Sharif and I thought it was a terrible time. But when the takeover happened, I was gutted. I was like... Were you in Pakistan? I was in Pakistan. Okay. I wasn't here. Maybe that might have well, played I, a role in it. So, like, today we say that it's not possible. Yeah. In 1999, we also said it wasn't possible. People I don't know. Were we that. saying anything in 99? I mean, I was 23. Like, no, no, we uh, were. Know. Because at that point, if you remember, Nawaz Sharif had sent home a couple of guys. Listen... I, in 90, right. in, in, when I was 23, I had a life, right? I wasn't. I was reading the news as robustly Sounds as like you were. Boring nerd, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Do. So we've established <laughs> some truths about history. Yes, finally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But, but see, no. But I have to say one thing. Um, By the way, in the interest of fairness, I was a news nerd since I was seven. So it's yeah. actually, yeah. But but I'm, I'm just saying is that look, uh, just on terms of that in Musharraf, I think in the first couple of years. You did a couple of things right, right? The government seemed to be much more responsive for a while. No, but don't you remember he was saying all the right things? Like, until December, it seemed like 
like the dream. And then it started ra- unraveling in December 99, the first time Moinuddin Heather backed off the assertion. He was the interior minister. And uh, there was some talk about taxing small and medium-sized businesses because yeah. one of the big sort of gaps in our tax net is that collecting revenue from shopkeepers is yeah. impossible. Yeah. And since this is a consumption-heavy economy, you want a tax, uh, a, a revenue sort of regime that can that can basically essentially penalize or, or basically yeah. garner revenue yeah. from the, the retail window. Yeah. And of course, even today, they haven't solved that problem. Yeah. What they've started doing is they, they've just they've just upstreamed the taxation yeah. so that the manufacturer or the company that's making the product is yeah. actually the one paying the tax. Or, in the in, you know, it's it's at the other end of the consumption cycle, yeah. and it falls in the consumer. Yeah. So that burden of tansa- taxation, like getting that to shift closer to the retail window, yeah. was like this really important. At least back in '99. I mean, you know, I haven't sort of worked on economics yeah. in the way that maybe I had back then. But it, at that time, that seemed to be a brilliant idea. Yeah. And I remember distinctly that there was this threat of, uh, of like, lockdown. You yeah. know, the shopkeepers yeah. were going to shut down all their stores and they're going to go on strike. And there was a back and forth. And then he did some negotiations, uh, Heather did some negotiations yeah. with the shopkeepers or their representatives. And then they basically backed off the whole thing. And I remember sitting, you know, I was doing my master's back then. And I remember sitting back and talking to my friends and thinking, wow, it took them like two and a half months to start being populist in exactly the same way that political parties yeah. do. And so what the hell was the point? So my point isn't that I was a hardcore Machado supporter, yeah. you know, throughout. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it made sense to me when it happened. Yeah. And then, you know, starting in December 99 and then onwards, there were several instances yeah. where, where you know, the evidence was clear that a lot of the burdens of a elected government also apply to an unelected government Absolutely. because everybody wants to be loved. And yeah. it so seems that short Mahajar dudes in charge of the army are particularly vulnerable <laughs> to, to needing to needing to feel the love. Yeah. But but again, coming back to Chaudhary Iftikhar, the reason is that when that whole... So you did fall for it? I fell for it, like, genuinely. And um, I remember, like, uh, in the lawyers' movement, I felt really proud. I was like, this is amazing. And then I also thought, this guy, I didn't think much of it. In the early months, like, when he was exercising his power, I also thought, okay, wait maybe to some degree you need a guy come in and say like this is going to happen now there were two instances where i instantly realized wait this is a sham the first was rico dig um i realized the guy had no idea the second was when he decided that your fundamental rights and this is something that i don't put it past the current chief justice to do also your fundamental rights ensure your ability to get cheap petrol Right, and if you remember, he did this thing on pricing, and he had to back off. Like, wait, you're going to make us effectively, you know, bankrupt within a month or two. If, and 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 I remember, like, you know, this whole thing. I and I, I find the current parallel, which really got to me, was this whole thing about Iftikhar Chaudhary's son, where he called a bench and then he excused himself so he could be like Hazrat Omar and say, like, I can't, you know, do this. I'm going to show it. It'll be fair to my own son. The whole thing went away. Right now, this whole thing with. Uh, Etizaz Essen and the Chief Justice's son paying the fine. Etizaz Essen wrote this really rather brilliant reply to him, that you know, which was fairly snarky in a underhand fashion. But 
I, I I remember that period, and so my only thing is. Like, I mean, I think yeah, it's there's it's a lot of people right now who have caught on too quick. Post the Nawaz Sharif thing, where they were okay, this is fine. They agree or disagree with the reasoning, but then when they've seen a number of things, they have this historical parallel, which is fairly recent for them, <laughs> and maybe that's one way where we're talking about: can we get a degree? of, let's say, cold shower without everyone actually being utterly gutted. And maybe that is is that, you know, the old tricks that were used no longer seem as shiny as they once did. Yeah, but then there's new tricks. And I guess the wider implication of this discussion is really interesting, right? Yeah. In a sense, you know, we just talked about, like, what was it that drew me into the, the fiction that Musharraf was a good idea or, mm. or could fix anything? It wasn't anything to do with Musharraf. Yeah. It was an illegal coup. Yeah. So what was it? Even I mean, we can't excuse everything based on youth. What was really happening that caused me and millions of other Pakistanis to buy in? Yeah. And it was our vulnerability to the idea that things could be better. Yes. Okay. So Very true. What drew you into Chaudhry Iftikhar? Uh, you didn't know his judicial history. You had not read any of his uh, any of his cases. Yeah. And by the way, there's not much to read yeah. because as a ju- jurisprudential figure, he doesn't account for much. There was better judges, both higher and lower than him, yeah. that we've never heard of and whose judgments we've never read. Yeah. Right? But this guy became because he important. knows how to play to the gallery. Well, also. but but it was also it was that it was the kind of narrative that he was encapsulated. Remember. I also so I was a huge lawyers movement like I mean I was yeah. right there and in many ways I was once bitten and therefore in many ways my my support for Jodi Iftikhar and the lawyers movement was also a reaction to the lessons learnt by the folly of having been bought having bought into Musharraf yeah yeah and yet that whole process in retrospect was also a folly yeah so I was buying it again yeah. Okay. Then Nawaz Sharif came in. Yeah. In 2013, and I saw a Punjab-based, Punjabi Kashmiri leader yeah. with a massive, uh, not massive, but a large enough plurality within the parliament, who over the last five years said impressive and interesting things more than once. Yeah. On some issues, repeatedly said and did the right things, and then you know when he was faced with basically what seems to be his kryptonite, which is family affairs, you know, basically completely unraveled, right? His kryptonite is those damn flats. Like, somebody said, you should just rent, man. No, no, but, <laughs> like, you know, the first yeah, time, I, on, I know on the mean. 3rd of yeah, April when yeah. they came out, I said, dude, just liquidate everything and move it to Pakistan. Yeah. And somebody started laughing. He's like, you don't understand how these, like, how this world works. Yeah. And maybe I don't, but when I think about this, I think if God's given you the opportunity to run this amazing country. I mean, just, Pakistan is, I mean, right, it has a lot, a lot of problems, right? Yeah. Like, I have no problem with some, you know, some foreigner calling us a basket case. I mean, you know, you often call names to things you don't understand, right? And so, yeah. somebody doesn't understand us, that's fine. I mean, this is an amazing country, and you get to lead it, not once, not twice, but three times? Yeah. Like, what else could be more important in, in, in your life, you yeah. know? And maybe it's easier to say from, from, from down here, but it seems obvious to me. I guess the larger point I'm trying to make, Fussy, is that we keep buying into these myths and these hopes, and we keep getting dashed. And I guess the original point I was making was that just because we've been upended, just because we've had our knees sort of scraped up, 
from falling down, from sort of trying to run too fast when we, when we saw a dream. Yeah, yeah. Why should we see ourselves... And I'm not trying to answer the question, yeah. so it's not a, I'm not making a declaration. It's a genuine question. Is it good enough for us to see ourselves as, in, in a sense, caretakers for younger people and prevent them from falling down? Is that what we're trying to do? Or do we see ourselves as enablers uh, to allow people to dream, but also to give them a bit of a, you know, a bite-sized sort of, you know, injections of reality as to how this is how it will work, this is how it won't? Why do, why do people keep supporting Imran Khan? Like, if you really think about it, it's not actually as black and white as, as, the, as the national discourse makes it, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sophisticated, intelligent people who keep cutting Imran Khan a lot blank of checks, yeah. right? Why? And really it's good the same, people. Yeah. Really good people. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same reason that you and I cut a check exactly. to Chaudhary Iftikhar. It's the exact same reason I, I, I thought that the Musharraf coup was okay. Yeah. It's exactly the same reason that I thought Nawaz Sharif could have been really, really great for this country. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with people allowing themselves to dream and even in the process compromising with their own ethic and own uh, uh, politic. So here I want to say one thing. So I don't think there's a resolution to something as significant as this as the human experience of putting your hopes behind something or some change or some value then maybe having those hopes dashed and then having a new sort of uh, amended ethic, which falls largely in terms of what you believe. But the interesting thing is like what I do think needs to happen is that even when I look at Chaudhary Iftikhar's period, a lot of people who were the naysayers in the time when I was a believer, I was still reading what they had to say. And there were things that used to appeal to me in terms of saying, wait, this guy is right, even though it didn't fundamentally change the way I was oriented towards that particular issue. I do think that like at the point when I eventually changed, the thing about discourse is you don't recognize all the building blocks to what is an opinion change. One of the hardest things to do in polling, for example, is trying to understand why certain people believe certain things. You can trace back what they've heard from where or when, but you can find out when they have had their epiphanies. But what was all the points, if you remember, Again, when you were also, uh, although he denies it, a newsy nerd in the 90s, uh, do you remember when people talked about new provinces? It was like talking about sedition. Yeah. Today, it is, wait, you know, Yami Banade, Atara Banade, Beast, right? All those guys, some of those guys who we said, oh, you're out to break the country or whatever. But somewhere along the way, that coalesced into a thought that was something that it hasn't been implemented, but it's something that has become feasible over time. And I think that, no, it's not necessarily anybody's job to say, you know, you shouldn't. But what we do believe and where we do believe that naysaying is part of something we genuinely, because you also want, you'll find people who and they'll tweet back terrible stuff to you. There's a lot of, well, some of my closest friends have really different political stances. But... Uh, Fundamentally, they're all good people. Oh, you think I'm one of your closest friends? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, so, that's so sweet. <laughs> but, but, but the, the point, the point is, like, look, the point is that I think most people recognize when they make a choice. Look, in 2013, I voted Imran Khan. I did it on a very, in my opinion, a rational basis, which was that. I had two beliefs. I even wrote a piece about it. You thought I didn't actually vote for him. I just wrote the piece, but uh, I still don't believe you. Voted for him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, but but what was my thinking? It's 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 my hope thing, right? I just yeah. keep cutting you checks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
my thinking then. My thinking was two things. One was that if he gets this province and he actually sees a terror-hit province and this whole coddling of the TTB somehow being simply people who have misunderstood, whatever, that realization and his cachet with sort of the urban-centric people who have a mixture of views on drones, on the U.S. and all that, which is somehow giving a lot of space to what should be a consensus against a certain kind of militancy. I thought that that would change, and I also thought that, frankly, the ANP, which I have uh, a lot of things they believe in, I really love, I fall in line with it, but I also thought they did a terrible job, even though they were literally oppressed. I think maybe the way I evaluated them might have also been unfair. I think maybe today, but a lot of people do that, right? So now the guy who believes in something, I don't, but he might have the same value as mine, but we all, by the way, suspend our values sometimes for utilitarian purposes, which we actually think will result in the common good. I hate to give this kind of um, excuse, but I also believe a lot of people who voted Modi did exactly that. That they well, thought, wait, he's going to screw up this thing, that, 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 but maybe with the improved economy, everyone... But there's one, there's one really current example of what I think is exactly the same thing, and I think a lot of people are misreading it. I think it's the exact same thing with the Pashtun Tahfuz movement. Hmm. I don't think 99% of the people that go to these rallies actually believe in uh, you know, some of the wild conspiracy theories that make the rounds at these rallies. No, no, I actually think... Uh, I, I, and uh, by the way, I also I don't think... Them, right? No, no, but I also don't think people fundamentally disrespect our forces. I mean, it's they unimaginable don't. to me that that many people do. I just don't think that's how the world works. Yeah. But people are willing to let Manzoor Pashtin make some mistakes because they have one or two big picture things where they think this kid is right. I also, one, of them, one of them is... Can I just add one thing just before you? I, I agree absolutely the way you framed it. Like, I know a couple of the people in the movement, really good guys. And one or two, I've even spoken, I said, like, look, this one or two, of this APS theory. It's one thing to say that your 30 years of undemocratically sanctioned security policy gave the space for groups that allowed for something like this to happen and all these. That's one thing. To actually say it was a false lag is entirely a separate thing. That's impossible. But... And what I find odd is, again, we talk about values. We, have you, Do you ever remember when the drone stories were at its peak? For these guys, the TTP, who were killing innocent women and children, also, by the way, APS wasn't the only school they've attacked. Mm-hmm. Right? There's been hundreds. Um, they were making excuses that, oh, the drone attack, that's why this is legitimate, whatever. Um, but now they're not willing to cut these guys some slack. Look, any army in the world, the best intended, the best professionally, collateral damage is a fact of life. Um, Dude, uh, it's the fog of war. You're worried about getting killed. You're a 19-year-old guy from a village. You've got a gun. You've got two years of training. Mistakes are going to be made. So so, this is a best-case scenario, right? A best-case scenario. And for those guys who are against the PTM to argue that, no, none of that has happened. One is ridiculous. Number two is that... uh, once I had a great example. Do you know what tone policing is? I believe that I have been, 
I've been cited by the tone police on many, many an occasion. Really? Okay, so you're intimate with me. I loved this concept when I first heard it. Because I think I have done it to other people. I, I do it to other people right? too. And, and but mostly in, in my private sphere. Right. Yeah. But anyhow, it's not a good thing, right? Um, tone policing is... I think we were just talking about an example of tone policing. Yes, kind yes. Of, yeah. That was one example, yeah. right? So tone policing, uh, just to give an example, and a very, um, very lay person is... Let me give you a perfect example. Is that, And we've seen these... There have been a couple examples in Pakistan also. A woman is gang raped by 12 men paraded naked around the streets. She's distraught, what trauma, PTSD, everything. Then she goes to the police station. She's screaming, she's saying ridiculous things, she's distraught, and the police officer says to her, Right? And these guys, you hear their stories. Terrible stories. I even in the best again. I mean, the best ki- the best, best example is Ali Wazir. I mean, that's Ali a, Wazir. That, that story is insane. Insane. And notwithstanding that his family was was killed by the TTP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but it has an effect. No, yeah. I'll also give you. I said, look. Also, when we say the best case scenario of any army would be is that you still do excesses, killings of your own people. All this happens in the fall of war, right? We. Just to discredit everyone, oh, we don't like these victims and the way they talk, right? You and I are not going to buy into two, three things. I have an objection to whatever, but I, by and large, buy the demands. I believe they have a right to speak. And I also think that, you know, um, they've got a fringe element. Those things have to be tempered or they have to be excised entirely. But for them to entirely say that this is a anti-Pakistan, engineered movement. This is what creates festering sores it's, it's, in Pakistan. It's self-defeating. It's happened it's in self-defeating. 71, it's happened in... No, no, Pakistan. and we've never... We never. We can't let it but, happen but, again. But also, it's yeah. not about we, right? Yeah. Like, it's human history is replete with examples that yeah. when a weaker party is complaining to a stronger party within the construct of ownness... Yes. That is a totally different deal... Yeah than a weaker party seeking a str- another stronger party outside the bounds of ownness. Yeah. And the only path for the weaker party to go from complaining to its, uh, its elder or its bara is rejection. That's the only time a weaker party would seek an external warm embrace. Yeah. We... We do this to ourselves. And by the way, I have no doubt in any of the assertions that this country faces, fourth generation warfare, hybrid warfare, all of those things. But the fundamental principle in those wars is to not allow the enemy to manipulate you. You don't need to allow the enemy to manipulate you when you're acting this crazy. Everything you do is an enemy action. You are your own worst biggest enemy. and yeah. worst enemy when you see your own and reject your own because you don't like their tone, yeah. because you think they're too angry, yeah. instead of asking, what could it be, my brother and sister, yeah. that made you this angry? And that what we did are I not do? perfect. What did I do to you? Yeah. And how can I make it better? Yeah. Come over here. No, I'm coming to you. Yeah. And I will embrace you, and I will hold you tight, and never, ever let you go until you are happy, and I have fixed 
what I broke yeah. that caused you to be this angry. Yeah. This is not rocket science. Yeah. This is how reasonable people deal with personal relationship crises. This is how reasonable people resolve disputes with their brothers, with their mothers, with their sisters and their sons and their daughters. This is how families that are feuding for years end up I recognizing also, yeah. is that the stronger... No, this yeah. is really important because this builds up into another major, very you might want to call it Bach nationalist position that, that, I, that I align myself with. The bigger and stronger party is the one that has to have more tolerance Absolutely. and give, and give yeah. more space. Yeah. So if the Baluch are angry, it is going to be us living in Islamabad, yeah. living up Pakistan, that are going to have to concede something. Yeah. If the Pakhtun are angry, then it'll be the groups, economic or otherwise, that are going to have to concede something. Yeah. If between two nations, there's a big nation and a small nation that are feuding all the time, ultimately the only resolution is when the bigger nation yeah. cedes space and concedes its faults, even if it aren't, Absolutely. E even if it isn't at fault. Yeah. That's the only way the world works. Yeah. And that's always how the world is, has worked. Yeah. Brute force is not going to win us anything. I'll tell you another thing. I remember when Modi made that speech citing Balochistan and I thought to myself oh my god he's done it right what a genius move he is going to take our paranoid security establishment and drive the wedge harder yeah yeah, yeah. he's playing with us and, I mean but, he's playing but, us but, like, but a, like add, a violin but I'll add one thing and then when people say why did he say this it means these guys are. I said no dude They've if been at it for years. If, oh no, I also think another thing. If you guys have a problem with him saying it and that's spurring you to do something, the problem's with you. Right? That's the cheapest thing that you can do in a speech. And if that's all it takes for Pakistan to self-destruct, then we've got to really think about how we're dealing with one another. People everywhere will say, I, I just think... So anyhow, I, I, I think this is... People are, playing, people are playing with Pakistan's holes. Yeah, every gap in our national story. Yeah, people are playing with it, playing with it. Yeah, and what they want with with that play is the reaction that they predict yeah. this state is most likely to give. Army this and that. Yeah, army reacts. Yeah. That's been the model for 70 years. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're relying on. Every time you push... But my problem with this is that, right, you look at whether their use of the fissure is the problem or our ability to create our own fissures is the problem. I was going to say whether it's their use of our fissures which is the problem or whether our sustenance of our fissures is yeah. the problem. The problem in the tribal areas is actually much more fundamental than what, and I mean, I'm not speaking for PTM, this is my own view. You want to solve the tribal Pass areas. The so, if I may, as an outsider, speak speak on one of your issues, actually, not knowing anything you know, about the experience of outsiders, the tribals, they don't like us like uh, perfume wearing. Plains folk. Boohoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what this is, right? Yeah. No. It's the world's smallest violin. It's playing, oh, right. It's right. playing for you. <laughs> okay. It's a sad song. Okay, so we have a what we call tribal area, which is 
extra constitutional, essentially. Yeah. Right? It's not even a normal... You're not a normal citizen. You're not an ordinary citizen if, if you're a tribal. Dude, it is unbelievable. Most people will not believe the fact that there's a place in Pakistan where if you have to go to the next division or the uh, cross, you have to take permission. You have there to you go. go. Right? Okay. They won't so, believe that no, no, but it's some true. random teenager does some really crappy shit, your house will be torn down as a result as well. The stuff that is embodied in how we've placed constitutional provisions, crazy. Right. Does anybody growing up in Waziristan have the same right to dream about their future as a kid growing up in Lahore, Karachi, or Islamabad. Absolutely. That's the problem. Yeah. Saying absolutely yeah. and not backing up that absolutism yeah. with something on the ground, yeah. and there is nothing yeah. on the ground. You will. I mean, PTM is not the last of these of these stories. Yeah. You will continue. There is going to be a jet stream of anger. And disappointment and resistance when you keep expecting the citizenship that you demand of well-bred and well-fed perfumed lowlanders like you and I yeah. with with people from Waziristan yeah. or from, uh, from, from Bajorda. Uh, it just <coughs> makes no sense that our expectation of citizenship yeah. from a kid from, you know, uh, Haran or, or, you know, uh, Mastung or or the tribal areas you know, is the same as, as as somebody in Lahore or uh, Sheikhupura yeah. or Karachi or, uh, or so Islamabad again uh, on PTM I think that you know all these guys look you're gonna find one person say one thing at a speech I'm sure you'll find something that Manzoor has said that people don't like but overall what are they saying they're saying we're non-violent and we want the constitution I would die to have citizens like that everywhere say that all the time and we're saying no this is the biggest problem because some dude said this yeah ye nara ho gaya, ye wo. dude you can forget that this is we are a strong enough country and we need to right the wrongs of history the other thing is also is that you know again with these guys you hear their stories it's not just that do you remember when the idp movement happened i was appalled at shabazz at ppp Right? No, we don't want these people. What were they going to feel? And the other thing is like, what? again, even let's say some of the softer parts of the narrative. This is very interesting. I wish that somebody would say this sometime. They say, it's like, we sometimes say, that our is a badge of pride almost. They're saying like, no, just say no more. Don't ask us for this. We well, this, want this to is what I wrote. No, but this is what I wrote in my, in my first piece on the PTM. Yeah. When uh, I wrote it on the morning, I think, after they'd left. So they'd been in Islamabad for 11 days, yeah. and then they had their negotiation with the government. Um, and not to self-quote, but basically, you know, we keep talking about sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Did anyone ever ask the people that were being sacrificed yeah. how they felt about it? Yeah. And I guess whether we know the answer to that question or not, we know one, we, we know one answer to one question. Is it going to keep going? Yeah, Manzoor Prasteen is saying no. I, I just want to add one more thing. You're absolutely right. And I'm going to have to try and phrase this in the best way I can because uh, I think it might be misunderstood. Don't make me pull the mic. For <laughs> no, the point, I, lo I love Pakistan, <laughs> baby. The point, stop it. Stop it. Stop right there. <laughs> I had noticed one thing. You know what made 
people in Balochistan and uh, KP really angry. And I was shocked at the way... Do you remember the first Dharna? It really ticked off a lot of people. And I remember from people I knew in Balochistan. And their whole point was, we say, we get three guys on a street and we just say, we want this and, you know, we don't want you guys or we don't want this or whatever. How much of that can actually legitimately be stated as anti-state? Right? Again, when you look at Model Tan also, there is a recognition that the state killed 14 citizens, you know, uh, coldly. They should have thought about it. It's been discussed to end. You've got thousands of people in these other provinces where they're also talking about it. And over time, they feel it. They feel it when they see a bomb blast of 60 people in Pada Chinar and it gets a ticker. Right? And then you say, Yar, ap se apne jalso mein hamari baat karo. Yeah. No, it's not going to fly. Um, that's exactly right. Look, uh, what do you say? What do you say to that? I think what we need to say to that is amen. Yeah. Uh, I think this over-the-top, repeated expression of patriotism in and of itself is problematic. Yeah. Uh, love for one's country is an innate thing. Nobody should need to prove it. The fact that you live and breathe the air and walk the earth uh, of, of this land is in and of itself an act of patriotism. Yeah. To cite the Constitution as the foundation of your quarrel with other people, with other organizations, is the greatest is the greatest form of patriotism. What, what greater and, citizenship? And the and the best way to respond to demand for better citizenship, to a demand to be heard, is to listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. And also, listen, listen to Kruvala. Kruvala. All right, everyone. It was great. I really enjoyed this. As I often say, this is talk therapy we do for ourselves. So going back, feeling good. We'll be back soon. And now we're going to be regular. And if we miss an episode, it's Musharraf, not me. Thanks, everyone. Uh, take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. Allah Hafiz.